Ladies and gentlemen, two girls, two boys, a phenomenon in pop music. ABBA. Hello and welcome to the first full episode of Like a Magic Spell, the podcast which aims to unlock the joy of ABBA one song at a time. I'm Adrian and it's good to have you with us. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. If you want to get in touch, you can on Instagram. We are at like a magic spell. Or if you want to email, we are at like a magic spell at gmail.com. So as I mentioned in last week's little mini trailer episode, we're going to be going through ABBA songs one album at a time. And in each episode, we're going to be talking about two songs from that album. So each album will become a sort of mini season, if you like. Quick note about copyright. Obviously, I can't play the songs to you because I don't really want to get sued. So I've put the YouTube links to the videos in the show notes of the podcast. So you can either listen to the song before or afterwards. It's entirely up to you. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're an ABBA fan and I'm assuming that you have your own copies of these songs. So you can listen to those from your own collection. My guest for this first full episode of the podcast is entertainment reporter and my lovely friend, Sinead Garvin. I began by asking Sinead a question I'm going to ask all of my interviewees, which is, what is your relationship with ABBA? Well, I think like growing up when we did, uh, (laughs) a while ago now, they were just everywhere. You know, I feel like you know the words to all the songs without even remembering you first heard them. They're so iconic. Their outfits, you can picture them all straight away. So I think I've known them as long as I can remember and like sort of like love the music. Having said that, I don't think I can class myself as a super fan because it was not that long ago, I would say a matter of weeks, that I realised ABBA was their initials. (laughs) I thought it was like some Swedish word for like fun or something. I didn't realise it was because of their names. So I'm slightly embarrassed by that. Okay, how did you find this out? Someone, I don't know, TikTok or something. <laughs> I was finding out alongside the 20-year-olds. <laughs> Having said that, Mama Mia, the party, is the greatest thing you can ever do. Oh, my God. I went with my mum a couple of years ago. And this it, is the thing at the O2, isn't it? It's the O2, and essentially they have created like a Greek taverna, and you sit down and you have like a three-course meal. In between, there's a story going, a storyline going along with the waiting staff and the people who own the taverna, and they sing all different ABBA songs. It's just a ton of women jacked up on white wine <laughs> at like two in the afternoon. And then at the very end, everyone just like screeches the hits of ABBA until you're told to leave. <laughs> Honestly, the most fun. It was the most fun. That's my more recent history with ABBA. Yeah, fantastic. That yeah. sounds like a really good day out. Oh, it is good. Yeah, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Honestly, yeah. I can't recommend it highly enough. Very expensive. Very, very expensive. But a load of fun. That's kind of a lot of the stuff around things I'm going to be talking about with this podcast it's about kind of just really enjoying those really simple songs fantastic music you know it's just about having fun isn't it I think you have to be pretty miserable at your core to not enjoy you know ABBA whether it's so you only know a couple of songs or whatever it's it's all encompassing everybody Mm. can be involved it's Mm. not it's inclusive right and it's not like cheesy if you like it or not cool or whatever it's like no they are just very cool yeah there was definitely a period though in the 80s when they were so uncool I think from about I'd say like 82 to kind of 92 until gold came out 
and I actually think there's a whole podcast in that whole like revival, if you like. It's not. It wasn't really a revival because they weren't revived, but people suddenly listen to their songs again, going, "Hang on a minute, we haven't been listening to these songs for a decade. There's some really good ones here." Yeah. But also, I mean, the connection with Eurovision, right? Back at Eurovision is obviously like one of the coolest things on the planet. We've always thought so. But it was seen as quite cheesy for like a long time. And that's where the world was introduced uh, to them. But, you know, I think people change their sort of their feelings about things over time. And actually you start to really appreciate a damn good pop song without thinking, oh, gosh, will people think I'm uncool if I like ABBA? Well, if they do, don't be friends with them. <laughs> So there's a really good quote from Taylor Swift about all this. And she's like, the people who try and take away your joy from what you're interested in are just not worth knowing. So if you're someone who wants to laugh at someone who likes ABBA or whatever, or like belittle them because they like that, they're not worth being around. And it's so true. What does it matter what you like or I like? You know, if you like something that I don't, what's the point of me saying, oh, why are you listening to that? Like, that's just mean. We don't want those people. The first song that we're going to talk about today is Super Trooper. Obviously, the title track from the album Super Trooper, which is 1980. It was the third single off the album. It went to number one in Belgium, Ireland, Netherlands, Norway, Spain, the UK and West Germany. And did you know, Sinead, that it was actually ABBA's last UK number one single? Oh, wow. Mm. To date, it's the only UK number one song to feature the word Glasgow. Oh, okay. Interesting. It was voted the UK's 16th favourite ABBA song in ITV's The Nation's Favourite ABBA Song. A bit of history behind the song. So the album Super Trooper was basically finished Benny and Bjorn, they just felt like they just needed something extra to go onto the album. When they were doing the album cover photo shoot, that that particular day, they'd been working on a song, a backing track. They were really happy with it. So that night, it was the album cover photo shoot. It's the group all dressed in white, surrounded by a load of circus acts. It's this kind of sort of tableau of fabulousness with kind of fire eaters and clowns and all sorts of kind of circus paraphernalia around them. So they're stood in this massive kind of group of people in their white suits and they've obviously got these spotlights on them. And Bjorn spotted the name of the spotlight and the spotlight, the brand name was Super Trooper. And he thought, you know what? That fits in perfectly with the backing track we've just been working on today. So boom, that was it. The challenge then was, well, how do you do a song about a spotlight? So um, Bjorn and Agneta had split up by this point. Bjorn had a new girlfriend. They were obviously in the first kind of dating kind of honeymoon period so they were missing each other so that's who it's about it's about Bjorn on stage but missing his new girlfriend and I think and then he made his ex-wife sing about it he made Anna Frid sing about it yeah yeah (laughs) don't you worry when we get to the winner takes it all we'll cover this (laughs) so that's harsh (laughs) yeah we'll get there but I think it speaks as well to that kind of like that grind of touring Abba had some pretty big kind of tours in the 1970s and yet, in particular, she had a young family at home. She didn't want to be touring. Is yes. that something that you've come across, that kind of, it's not actually as glamorous as it appears? Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, and they'll all tell you that. You know, you're basically living every day for that momentary high of being on stage because the fall back down. But it is like, 
you know, yes, you're traveling the world, but you're not going to Tokyo and doing a nice tour and, you know, going to all the nice restaurants. You're going to a venue and that venue could be anywhere in the world, quite frankly. And then you you play your gig and then you, you go to bed and you get up and you're traveling somewhere else the next day. So there is definitely um, an element of it being very samey, not as glamorous as you might think it is. Um, yeah, you might stay in a nice hotel, but they all end up looking the same after a while. You yeah. know, there's like it takes away the the joy of going to a posh hotel because you're like well I was in another one last night and also I think when you've been on the road for a long time as well you know the fans want to see you know you've got to give your best um so this is yeah this is completely relatable to anyone who's who's toured in the music industry it must feel like groundhog day because you're like okay let's let's make everyone's dreams come true again yeah exactly which is why i mean you do find some artists try and change things up a bit but actually people don't want that like most recently um on the arctic monkeys current tour and they played at glastonbury as well um he was kind of changing um the tempo of some of the tracks so fans weren't able to sing along properly and you know especially like with glastonbury i heard um, a couple of kids behind me at one point being like i've waited my whole life to see arctic monkeys and like this is really disappointing and so there's you know an element of trying to keep things interesting for you as the artist but also just giving your fans it might be the only time they ever see you so yeah. giving them some giving them what they want really mm. end of the day you are there because of them so there's an element of knowing your privilege i think and realizing that if you, if you can't do it anymore fine but don't do it half-heartedly i mean one of the reviews for the song actually said so this is the the aberdeen evening express from the 10th of december 1980 So the review of the song says, The problems of being super famous and super rich don't make for lyrics to which the average punter can relate. So they think something around, it's not necessarily being ungrateful, but Mm. it's about painting a scenario with a song that maybe not everybody can relate to. But also, I mean, I think with Super Trooper, how many people know what it's about? They just belt it out because it's a good pop song. So, I mean, I I absolutely get that because to use Arctic Monkeys as an example again, what he, Alex Turner is so fabulous at doing is writing songs that are relatable to, you know, people in their 20s, teenagers or whatever. And that's why, you know, they keep getting these younger audiences. I get what this reviewer is saying, but I just don't think that many people are belting out Super Trooper and thinking, oh, God, they're just too rich and famous. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> what they're... No, they're just like, way Super Trooper. If I can ask a really broad general question, what did you think of the song? Do you like the song? Yeah, I do. I love it. And I actually um, personally enjoyed it more when I knew what it was about because it's like, I like any kind of peek behind the curtains yeah. of like what's going on in their lives. And it's honest as well. It's saying, this is who we are. The thing is with reviews, right? You've got one, I've got one. This guy was just paid to write one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm presuming it's a man who wrote Well, one. I was going to say... <laughs> Of course it was. What, what year was that written in? 1980. Not a single woman working in music journalism at that point. I tell you that for nothing. No. Because <laughs> I was only just born. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the, I mean, there's, there's loads of kind of highlights that I've just sort of picked out. The, it's the umpar band bit, which I really love. The super bar, It's yeah. I think it's just really fascinating. I really love that bit. And also as well, if you listen carefully in the chorus, there's lots of little sort of twinkles that I can hear. Mm-hmm. That's like the lights. 
the stage lights. So they're painting a picture with the music. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. When I think of Super Trooper, it reminds me of the exhibition which was at the South Bank Centre, which was called Super Troopers. And they had sort of setups from Abba's life, like a mock-up of the recording studio. And as you went in, you were confronted with this massive spotlight. That's the kind of the holding room that you were in before the you were all let in. And I walked into this like, tiny dark room with no windows. And you're like, why am I standing with a big spotlight in my face? What's going on here? And I thought, oh, yes, yeah, super trooper. Clever, clever. <laughs> So, Sinead, what do you think of the video to the song? Honestly, it's a real mix of emotions for me watching that because I think it's it's such a, like, powerful track in so many ways. Like, it's a real great sing-along. But there's also, when you know the sort of history behind it, it actually just really gets at um, my heartstrings. Mm. And yet is there, like, she's like, yeah, great. It's all going to be great tonight because she's in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know what her sort of mental state was at this point, how she was feeling about the divorce or whatever. I just know for me, that's got to have been quite tough. Going on to the whole, like, sort of, like, fan thing about it, you know, um, feeling ungrateful as it was written in that review. Yeah, when you really watch the video, you taking the lyrics I think a lot more than when you're just sort of like blasting out at a club or whatever and I just again I just think it's nice it's like yeah it's like a, I wish it was the last show but if you think about everyone's job there are days where it's just like thank god it's Friday you know you might have a friend come in to work or your partner might come in and surprise you for lunch or whatever and then everything seems fine again yeah so although it's not relatable in the sense of like not everyone's on stage rich and famous or whatever there is that you know the real joy in life is in these relationships we have with other people it's not in the fame and the money and I like the contrast between uh, it was the sh- photo shoot yeah so the footage, album cover photo shoot yeah, yeah, so it's a video coverage of that, which is quite fun. And they're all sort of like laughing at all the, well, not laughing, but like enjoying all the different performers that are around them. And then you just have Anna Frid on her own, like just singing the sort of, the, you know, the lyrics. And then the spotlight. Did you know that light, that's not a super trooper light. Why are they lying to us? Um, and I also just like the very small amount of choreography from well. Agnetta. She raises her left arm uh, every time she says super trooper I like it it's very simple whoever came up with it well done hope you got a pay rise <laughs> um, I've got something in my notes which says uh, big question what's going on with that jumper Anifred's jumper oh that would have been very cool back then do you think uh, yeah okay yeah well as we've discussed before I think my mum had one actually (laughs) (laughs) we're not judging cool or uncool but no but if you went down to a couple of charity shops in Hackney you'll find it in there but you'd also find a couple of like 20 year olds wearing it this winter walking down the street so you know fashion comes and goes so some of the YouTube comments Ricardo Lima 9411 Mm -hmm. says harmonies melodies vocals song structure and pure class nothing comes close to ABBA I mean he's not wrong Galut says there are two types of people those who love ABBA and those who love ABBA and don't admit it which is what we were talking about earlier interesting yeah at the sleeping monkey says I was sick and tired of everything when I called you last night from Tesco (laughs) Ian Brighouse 3056 says no half naked degenerates just class alright GB News (laughs) Nigel Farage one two three So, Super Trooper, Sinead, marks out of 10. I think I'd have to give it a 9. Wow, okay, that's good. Yeah, there's a lot in there, there's a lot in there. It's not a throwaway song, is it? No, that's true. And I've never got bored of it. 
I've learned a bit more about it today, which is makes me want to go and watch it again. I love the video and I love the simple choreography. I'd say this is a solid seven. Seven? <laughs> yeah, solid seven. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Simon yeah. Cowell over there. <laughs> I'm the easy one. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing for all of the all of the reasons that we've talked about, you know. And I just think there might be a couple of better songs. Um, are you able on the to? Are you able to divulge to me what you'd give a ten, or would that be spoiler alert for the rest of the podcast? Um, you tell me off air. I'll tell you off air. Okay, yeah, fine. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Everyone loves to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> But we're going to come on to an absolute belter next. Mm -hmm. Okay, for some people, this is the biggie. The winner takes it all. So this is the second track off Super Trooper album. It's a ballad in G-flat minor, if you will. It was released as a single in July 1980. It was ABBA's eighth UK number one. Also went to number one in Belgium, Ireland, Netherlands, the US adult contemporary billboard chart whatever that means okay. why do Americans have such complicated music charts they have like a million charts don't they Ugh. Um, going back to the that major poll of polls that I mentioned earlier ITV's The Nation's Favourite ABBA Song so mm. it was number one in that it was also number one in Britain's Favourite ABBA Song which was a Channel 5 poll in 1999 in 2006 the winner takes it all was also voted Britain's Favourite Breakup Song where was Adele at that point? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, 2006. So, okay, yeah. yeah. It's been covered by Cher, Susan Boyle, Carla Bruni, Beverly Craven, Rick Astley, Kylie and Danny. <laughs> no, laughing at Kylie and Danny because I love them. But I just love the, the uh, selection of people who've covered it. Beverly Craven. Absolutely. What was she? Promise me away for me. That's the one. Ah, Cravers. I, I love a bit of Cravers. Yeah. I love a bit of crab action. <laughs> crab. <laughs> woman to woman. That was my favourite Beverly Cravers. How does Cravens. that one go? Woman to woman, she came and took position. Now you never come around and talk woman to woman. So Bev is singing about her friend who is in a relationship with someone and now they can't have the same friendship because the man's involved. Um, it's also covered by Sarah Dawn Finer, the Eurovision in 2013, which I'll come on to in a moment. Um, and of course, Meryl Streep in the film Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. And I think actually there's probably a whole podcast we can dedicate to the whole Mamma Mia movie experience and also the sequel and also the party as well. The winner takes it all started out life as a composition called The Story of My Life. Bjorn didn't have any lyrics for it. As the story goes, he went back to his house, cracked open a bottle of whiskey, started glugging it, and this apparently just poured out of him. And he said it was the fastest song he'd ever written. Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's quite good, isn't it? For, <laughs> for this to be the fastest song you've ever written. It's quite a good advert for whiskey. <laughs> The, the thing that people obviously bring up with this song is, was it written about Bjorn and Agnetta's divorce? Mm. You know, did he divorce her and make her sing a song about their divorce? He has always denied that. He said that, you know, the lyrics 
they're not directly related to the divorce because this is a story about winners and losers and that he feels that it was quite an amicable divorce and there were no winners and losers there wasn't there were no kind of did she have she had a say on this i think she pretty much agrees with him that it wasn't directly written about their divorce okay she has actually said about the song so she says the lyrics are deeply personal and the music is unsurpassed it was quite a while afterwards before i realized we'd made a small masterpiece and she also said, I seldom listen to what I've recorded myself, but the winner takes it all is an exception. I listen to it when self-esteem is low. I did that well. Yeah. And so if she does enjoy listening back to it, it can't remind her of like mm. the sadness of, you know, the divorce and the breakup. But also sad songs and ballads are are really, are, they are go-to songs, aren't they? When you want a bit to feel something, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Know? Yeah. So a couple more quotes about the song. So um, Record World, everybody's favourite publication, said uh, its gripping vocal drama is augmented forcefully by plush orchestration. Pete Perfides in this issue of Record Collector, Christmas 2022. So he ranked the 40 best ABBA songs. So he named the winner takes it all joint number one with Dancing Queen. And he said, with the release of The Winner Takes It All, the official language around ABBA suddenly changed. Suddenly, if you were singing about something that happened in your life, sculpting art out of pain, then what could be more authentic than that? Oh, that's very true. I think that's a, it's a fantastic phrase, sculpting art out of pain. Yeah. And Bob Stanley, lovely Bob Stanley from Saint Etienne. So in his book, Yeah, 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 The Story of Modern Pop, he said, this song is the story of someone who's been through the mill with its grisly, unresolved feelings of love, memories, jealousy and confusion. Oh, Again, quite a good summary, I think. So the winner takes it all is the perfect pop song. Discuss. Oh, wow. That's a big question. When we look at what makes successful pop songs or the ones that do the best, the ones that top the charts and sell the most records, they are the ballads. Otherwise, why would Adele be so popular? Sam Smith in his sort of sad boy era as well, like that's when he was kind of doing his best. So if you're looking at the key ingredients to make a good pop song, then actually it does need to be a ballad. You need stunning vocals, which obviously they have. You need lyrics that are going to make you feel something, and that does, even if it, whether it's about them or or just any relationship in general, that's very relatable. That's another ingredient that's really important and beautiful like melodies as well so really if you're looking at an ingredients list it does tick all the boxes for me i mean bjorn always writes amazing lyrics anyway but for me this is like poetry does it feel the same when she calls your name again is that there's such simple rhymes but it's really kind of like it really gets to your core doesn't it it's so amazing i think it's fantastic and i think as well the song has like quite a definite structure so it starts out quite sort of heartfelt the jaunty beat comes in and it kind of builds and then it goes a little bit reflective and then the end is just like the winner takes it out and it just kind of explodes in your face i just think it's just it's i think it's incredibly well structured and also as well when i listen to it i think of it's that hopelessness at the end of a relationship the person singing this song is going 
on a minute, how did they end up winning? How have I got absolutely nothing? And I think a lot of people have experienced it as well. And so you can really feel it through your bones, right? It's like, it seems so unfair. And that brings out so much emotion. And it's, it's like with films or TV shows, if they can bring out emotions that you have felt before, that's when you really sort of relate to a piece of music or, or a film or, or something and it really connects you. Um, and then you automatically will really like it and keep listening to it because it's affected you in this way. And a big shout out, as I said, to the the Sarah Dawn final version at Eurovision. So during the Eurovision final in Malmo in Sweden, she sang it completely a cappella on stage in front of millions of people. Oh, wow. And it's, I'll put a link to the the YouTube video in the show notes. It was really fantastic. Okay, Sinead, we've just watched the video. What's your reaction to the video? God, it's, it's quite a lot, isn't it? It is. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that video in such a long time. There's moments where um, the other three are laughing and joking together and she's not there. And that's, you know, they're all fine and she's just left on her own. That's really... Yeah. <laughs> that really gets to you i mean her voice is just so spectacular and it's almost like effortless coming out of her mouth i mean i know it's different when it's a music video but she doesn't really have to exert much energy to have this beautiful sound coming out of her mouth i find the video fascinating because and i think this is why people think it's about bjorn and anietta's divorce Mm. because it very much plays up to that yeah, narrative. Yeah, it does, yeah. And I'm actually quite surprised that she allowed it to be directed in that way and mm. con- kind of composed in that way. Maybe she didn't didn't know how it was going to turn out. Well, it's a good it's a good strategy, though, for a music video because it gets people wanting to watch it and, like, look for signs and all those kind of things, you know. And it's quite poignant as well because it was filmed only a few days after their divorce was kind of finalised and their marriage was, like, officially dissolved. Um, the video was filmed in a place called Marstrand, uh, quite a way out of, of Stockholm. It was in July. Looks a bit cloudy, actually, in the, in the video. A little bit chilly. A little, little bit, bit chilly. chilly. Some of the YouTube comments under yes. the video. So um, Noah Smith 1726 right. says, you literally cannot record a better song than that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. Kane Pedersen 8911 says... Am I high or is this the greatest music video I've ever seen? Both things can be true at the same time. <laughs> Deb Smith 7861 says, Comparatively, today's music is all sh- <laughs> which reflects the sh- culture responsible for it. <laughs> and that cultural depravity is the direct result of the despicable, depraved, soulless left. Have a Twix, Deb. <laughs> Babe, that's not the right place for this guy. <laughs> no. So, the winner takes it all. Marks out of ten. Oh, gosh. Well, now I feel like I, I obviously went quite high with um, Super Trooper. This is why I gave it a seven. I still don't think it's a seven. Okay. We're not, we're not talking about that now. <laughs> I think it is better than Super Trooper, but I would say marginally. So, I'll give it a nine and a half. Okay, excellent, excellent. Mm, mm. I would give this a very, very solid nine. It's just everything about it, the way it's structured, the way it builds and then goes down and then up again. And as you said, like, it's the effortless vocals. And I think the two songs we've talked about today show off Anna Frid's and Agnetta's kind of vocal talents. Mm. So the winner takes it all is 
perhaps your favourite of the two? Marginally, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sinead, thank you so much for being part of the first episode of Like a Magic Spell. Oh, no, thank you. I've had a lot of fun. And to thank you properly, I've got your little gift. Oh! I've got you your very own copy of Super Trooper the Album on vinyl. That's so nice. You didn't have to do that. I wanted to. I've done it anyway. Sharing the love. Oh, thank you. So you can go home and listen to that and cry (laughs) to the winner takes it all. I will. I will. Thank you. So there we go. That was the first full episode of Like a Magic Spell. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, let me know. If you didn't enjoy it, then you don't have to let me know. If you want to get in touch, Instagram is Like a Magic Spell. We're also at Like a Magic Spell at gmail.com. Like a Magic Spell is produced and hosted by me, Adrian Stirrup. The music is by Ian Jones. Thank you for the music, Ian. We'll see you next week. Bye.